Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's Cyber Church broadcast where we are going to be talking about decoding the mystery of life. Man, I am so excited about this series. I'm so excited about what it means to me personally as I walk through these things, as I experience these things with God. And then I get to share them with you, and you get to walk them through with God. You know, I want to say this to you, and I used to say this every time I'd have a special meeting anywhere. You know, I'd fly all over the world. I'd have special meetings. People would fly for days to come to my meetings. The very first thing I would say when I'd get up is like, look, I want you to understand something. We're going to have a great time this week, but nothing that you hear this week is actually going to help you. And I would just pause and everybody would think, well, I just spent $1,000 to get here on an airplane and hotel reservation. So why am I here if none of this is going to help me? And then after I give them a, a little bit of a pause so that they can freak out for just a minute, I would always come back and say, well, oh, well, wait a minute, let me clarify that. It won't help you because you hear it. Hearing this information will not help you. I will tell you, hearing what you're going to hear will not help you one bit beyond the degree that you take this to God for yourself and you intimately connect with God and let him decode it, if you will, and, and cause life to explode within you. You know, there's a scripture that we just tend to forget so many times, and it's in the book of John. The book of John tells us this. It says that uh, that in Jesus, this is, this is, excuse me, not 1 John, this is the Gospel of John, the first chapter, the fourth verse. In him, that is in Jesus, is life. And the life was the light of men. Now, I've got to tell you, I've quoted that verse thousands of times, and probably in the first several years I was saved, I probably quoted that verse like I hear most people quote it today, where they reverse the process uh, of life producing light. Now, light, by the way, let me say this, life has so many subtle connotations to it. There are so many incredible realities that we need to understand when the Bible talks about light versus darkness. But I want you to understand, light is a continuum of information, uh, perception, uh, understanding, revelation, but also of the actual physical manifestation of life in our body, in our mind, in our circumstances. And so life and light, they are interconnected, but life does not come from light. And the majority of the times, whenever I hear people talk about this passage of Scripture, they always reverse the wording and indicate, I think unintentionally, that, that light produces life. Now, there are many reasons that we say things the way we say things without realizing it. And uh, 
is pretty much what we have been programmed to think. Now, when you look at the history of the church after the resurrection of Jesus, you see the emergence of the Hebrew Christian, and then you see the emergence of the Gentile Christian. Now, what's really interesting is uh, all groups have, they share the same limitations, you know, with one another, but it seems that every group or every cultural group has a tendency toward certain types of weaknesses. Now, the Jews had a tendency toward what the Bible calls dead works, which were things that you did to try to get God to bless you, to try to move God, to try to, try to get God to answer your prayers. You know, it's really interesting. One of the most misused words uh, as relating to Christianity or relating to God is the word sovereignty. Now, God is sovereign, but uh, I never, never hear Christians use the word sovereign as the Bible would uh, represent it. We have a totally different definition of sovereignty. Uh, the Western Christian concept of sovereignty is that God can do anything he wants. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a half-truth. God can do anything he wants, but he can't break his word. God can't say something and then, then just change his mind. God can't put something out as truth and reality and decide, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. No, uh, that's, that's not what sovereignty is. Sovereignty does not mean that, that God can do anything he wants. Another uh, totally unscriptural concept of sovereignty is that God is in control of everything. Well, the moment you say that God is in control of everything, number one, you have uh, rejected and put yourself in opposition to the Word of God because the Word of God actually teaches us that we are creating the likeness and the image of God and that, in fact, we have authority in planet Earth. We are in control of what happens in planet Earth. We, the human race. And planet Earth is becoming what the, what the human race has wanted it to become. The evil, the wickedness, the war, all of these things are the results of the sinful, greed-filled life of, of the human race. God doesn't have anything to do with the earth being as it is. Now, when God created the earth, he, at, at every stage of creation, he looked at it and said, it's good. And that word good in the Hebrew is always connected to the concept of uh, harmony. In other words, it is in harmony with the original intentions of God whenever he created it. Now, the problem is the earth today is no longer in harmony with God. Now, to some degree it is. I mean, thank God we still have, uh, you know, a believing church here in planet earth. We still have righteous people who will not succumb to evil and wickedness and, and, and take the earth and the human population farther and farther and farther out of harmony with God. Because to the degree that we get out of harmony with God, to that degree we experience death and destruction and chaos and conflict and pain and suffering and, and, and all of that. So, so uh, the planet earth is in harmony with what the general population of planet Earth wanted it to become, which was a cesspool that was controlled by the greedy, wicked people 
um, who, who hate God and, and who hate what God stands for. Now, the word sovereignty, however, means something more like this. God cannot be acted upon by outside sources. So in other words, God never did anything that he did, has never done anything that he's done, because he was pressured or convinced to do it by an outside source. Because the outside sources, i.e. the human race, uh, don't understand the value uh, or believe the value of staying in harmony with God. We want, we want what we want. We want to be satisfied. We want to be, you know, uh, fulfilled. But we want to be fulfilled and satisfied the way that we want to be satisfied. So the thing is, if we had the ability to change God's mind, and see, that's what people think prayer is about. I'm going to change God's mind. But wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're going to change God's mind about some bad circumstances you're in, then obviously you believe that God's the one that brought that bad circumstance and that his mind has to be changed in order for the circumstance to change. And that's what people think faith is. That's what people think prayer is. They may not say it in those terminologies, but, but functionally, when it gets down to it, that's exactly what they're saying by their approach to God to get God to change his mind about something or to change things that they think he has done or to change what they believe his will is, which is destroying, which is destroying their lives. No, we have to understand that God is love. God has a basic nature of love, and that love means that he always operates from this place of value. He always operates, and when I say value, value for the human race. He always operates from the fact that we are precious to him. He holds us in high regard that he is for us, that he is never against us, and that every single thing that he has done from creation to whatever has happened in your life today that came from God was done because of the value and the preciousness that God has for you. And everything that he does is an attempt to bring a greater value to your life, to bring, to bring life to your physical life, to bring life to your existence. So, so if mankind could act on God, then God wouldn't be God and he wouldn't be sovereign and God would be changing every day because different people would be talking him into all kinds of different things, which you, you know, absolutely know that that's not what happens. So, so Jesus came to planet Earth and in him was life. Now, this life that is in him becomes the light of men. Now, you know, when I think about light and I think about the Word of God and I think about all these factors that were involved in creating planet Earth, I think about information. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about intellectual information the way uh, we approach it today. I'm talking about information that is infused with uh, or, or that emits itself actually from a source of life. And so from that source of life, God has uh, an information, if you will, that washes over our universe constantly. And we have the opportunity for that life to give us light, to give us understanding 
to give us insight, to give us revelation, to open our eyes. In other words, to bring us out of darkness. Because just as light is a continuum of life, darkness is a continuum of death. And it goes, it goes from, from being tired to physically dying and going to hell. If that's, you know. in, in other words, life and light and death and darkness are both continuums and we understand massive things, not only, not only about life and light, but we understand very much about how God brings life to us and the role that the light plays in this life that God is bringing to us. So, it's interesting that the Bible says the light shines in the darkness. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm not a scientist. I'm not claiming to be a scientist. I'm probably going to say some things that are scientifically unproven at this point. But uh, uh, I do know this. I do know that light can be a carrier of information. If light couldn't carry information, we wouldn't have fiber optics. If light couldn't carry information, I'm not exactly sure how planet Earth could actually function the way it functions, and I don't see exactly how light, which, which is absolutely essential for sustaining physical life, I don't even see how it, could, how it could play into the equation. But this life of God, because the life is in Him, this life is, is communicated, if you will, or carried on in, in, in light, and when it, when it is received, uh, and decode it, if you will, then it produces uh, light uh, and it produces life in the individual who absorbs it, who receives it, who, who has a, really a heart that can decode it, if you will. Now, it's really interesting. It says that the light shines in darkness. I'm now in verse 5 of John 1. So the light shines into, into darkness and what's interesting, it says, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In other words, it didn't understand it. One translation says it didn't overcome it. So, so darkness did not have the ability to decode this light that, that, bring, that reveals to us the life of God. Now, I'm going to say something because it's so easy to get kind of off track on some of this stuff. But I want you to understand the light... Uh, is not the life. And so many times we think that the light is the, the life. Now, there's a reason that we think that way. We think that way because the church, like I said, the Hebrews, they had this tendency really to get stuck in a quagmire of dead works and legalism because that's what they had known all of their life. And people do what they do. They make their culture uh, uh, so predominant in the way they think and the way they look at the world that really their culture nullifies the Word of God. It makes the Word of God void in their life. And it's not just the fact that they totally reject the Word of God, but they have to change the Word of God enough that they don't have to leave their culture behind. I mean, stop and think about it. When, when Catholicism became the, the, the world representation of Christianity, um, uh, of course, one of the things Catholicism did very early on is they very violently 
uh, force a separation and a rejection of what is called the scriptures. Now, we call the scriptures the Old Testament. That's, I hate that term, Old Testament. That's like saying, well, see, it don't count anymore. It's not really important. It's old. Well, there was an old covenant, and there's a new covenant. But then there's the scripture. And the scripture is everything that God has said from Genesis 1-1 all the way through to the very last word of Revelation, and nothing about it is old. Nothing about it is outdated. And, and so, but that co-concept of an Old and New Testament was really, a, was really a propaganda effort. Here's something really interesting. Uh, and Orwell wrote about this, you know, decades ago where he talked about the uh, definition of words and how the, how the whoever controls the definition of words actually controls how people think. So religion redefines words, and that, and that really doesn't seem too dangerous. It doesn't seem too wicked. But by redefining words, we change our understanding of everything about God, everything about salvation, everything pretty much about everything in the Bible. And so suddenly we are filled with darkness, and that darkness is based on the redefining of words. And, you know, the Bible talks about, about how destructive it is if the light that in us is, is darkness. And that's where we are in modern Christianity. The light that is in us is darkness. We have taken God's word and God's truth. We've redefined it. We've made it mean different things. And so now, there might be some little glimmer of light in here, but most of what we believe about God is actually darkness. And we, then we get confused because we're saying words that are in the Bible, and we don't understand why we're not getting the results. We don't understand why we're not getting the outcome. Now, for, for the Gentile believer, the great weakness among Gentiles uh, arose mostly out of Gnosticism. Uh, the paganism of the Gentiles was more based on secret knowledge, secret information. And it was all, it was all intellectual information. It wasn't, it wasn't biblical knowledge. It wasn't the knowledge of God. It was the, uh, uh, information based on the interpretation of the, the Word of God. Now, one of the things you have to realize is that for every reality, there's a counterfeit. And so there is a reality of a knowledge that actually produces life in you. And this is, I'm using these terms decoded and encoded. I'm not saying that those are the perfect terminologies to use. I am using certain words to help you be able to have a 21st century way to explain something that is unexplainable. Everything I'm going to be teaching you in this new series that's coming, about, uh, coming out about re resurrection realities, decoding the mystery of life. Everything in it is true, but everything in it is also unexplainable. All I'm really doing is I'm going to be sharing some things with you that if you take back to God himself, if you open your Bible and you prayerfully and meditatively read and reflect on the scriptures with your heart open to God, trusting the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, you will experience a, a, a knowledge which is all about experience. It's not about information. So, so in the counterfeit world, or in, in the biblical world, we have knowledge which is actually something that you experience, 
And it's something that you don't know until you experience it. And even after you experience it and you start having an understanding about it, you can't really explain it fully to anybody else. You can talk around it. You can talk about it. Uh, you can share your testimony about it, but you can't, really, you can't really explain it in a way that a person can understand it because the truth is they will not understand it until they experience it. But now in the counterfeit, and see, the 21st century church is almost completely Gnostic-based. Thank God not all churches are, and I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not talking bad about the church. I am just talking bad about how religion has invaded most churches. And so the general concept in 21st century Christianity is if I will gather enough intellectual information, I will intellectually understand something, and when I can quote it properly and put the right answer on a test, uh, now I've got it. No, you don't. You got, you got some information, but you don't have life. You know, this scripture here uh, that, that I read in the book of John, it, you know, it points out the fact that the light can, the light can manifest certain aspect of who God is, certain aspect of the promises of God, but the real truth is the light is not life. And the problem is we think the life, uh, we think the light is the life. We get so excited about new information and we get this egotistical flurry or explosion, if you will, of excitement, thinking that because we know something new, that this wonderful feeling that we have is, is no doubt the Holy Spirit. No, actually the Bible says that love builds up and that knowledge, and they're talking about intellectual knowledge, uh, puffs up. And so that feeling of exuberance that we feel when we learn something new is just our ego exploding and puffing us up as if we are something incredibly special. Now listen, let me just insert this right here. And I'm not sure this will be ready today or on the first day that this series comes out, but I am going to be releasing, an, as always, an incredible audio series uh, on resurrection realities for you who want to, who are disciples, who are seeking to, to you, you want to make this real journey. And so you want more than just what we can make uh, available in the time that's allotted in these video uh, sessions. So, so be sure and check the availability of that. And uh, uh, we, if it's not ready right off the bat, we'll have it ready by next week. All right. So let's go back to, to uh, John, the first chapter. John, the first chapter, starts out saying this. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. But now here's where, here's where we want to get to. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Now, now, we've already read, read verse 4, where it says, And in him was the life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it, comprehend it, resist it, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, we have this tendency to really kind of get lost about Jesus' role in creation. Because when we, when we read it in the Hebrew, we don't recognize many of the times times that there are pluralities that are used whenever it refers to God, which is a plurality of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, we lose that in much of the English translation. So uh, really, 
we very often don't recognize the role that Jesus played. Now, keep in mind, Jesus is the focal point of all eternity and everything that God has for you, and we're going to discover this more and more and more through this series, everything God has for you, he wants you to find personally in Jesus. Because Jesus came, Jesus was the exact representation of God. Jesus revealed everything that we need to know about God. And Jesus is the place where, uh, where light leads us on a pathway to the one who actually has the life. And so, so, so everything about creation then we know, and this is why this was put in the context here about him being the life, is because God wants you to understand that as the focal point of all creation, everything in creation was in fact infused with the life of God because Jesus uh, is the life. You know, I love it. In, in Colossians 1.16, it says this. It says, uh, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible or invisible. And Hebrews 1.3 says, who being the brightness of his glory and the exact representation of his person, upholds all things by the word of his power. So you realize that in creation, that, that Jesus is the focal point of all creation and that everything that Jesus uh, created or everything where he was the medium of creation Everything, because he is filled with life, everything in creation, everything in planet Earth actually uh, uh, carries an encoded, uh, not just an encoded message, but a, an encoded power, an encoded capacity, an encoded expression of the life of God. And when we connect personally with God, everything in planet Earth that is infused with life, we start experiencing spiritually, emotionally, physically, every aspect of our life changes and we come out of death and we start entering into life. Now, one of the things you're going to discover in this series, and we're about to wrap it up, you're going to discover that when the Bible talks about the doctrine uh, of, of uh, resurrection, which is one of the foundational doctrines, if you don't understand it, you don't understand the new covenant, uh, even though the word resurrection is in the singular, the word dead, resurrection of the dead, the word dead is plural. And that's not just talking about the fact that a lot of different people die. It's talking about there, there are a lot of dimensions of death working in our life. There can be sadness. There can be sorrow. There can be depression. There can be physical sickness. There can be loneliness. There can be broken hearts. There can be all, all of these things. And all of these things are within the continuum of death. But one resurrection took care of all of that. And we're going to dive into that look at it. Listen, be sure and send this to your friends. Share this with people if you're watching on Facebook. Uh, get on, jump on here and share testimonies and make positive, healthy comments. So that, and let people know what's happening in your life as a result of hearing these messages. Be sure and go to our website, uh, uh, drjimrichards.com, and check out all the resources we've got for And I'll talk to you next week. 
Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.